Good evening, friends. We are happy to be in Phoenix tonight uh, for this service, but we're sorry it being the last night. And so we hope that God will give us his greatest blessings tonight, that there will be no sick among us when we leave tonight, no one afflicted. I want you here on the stretchers, cots, chairs. I want you to do something for me tonight. I want you to believe with all your heart. I'd like to see every one of you walking out tonight well. He loves you, friends. Just because your diseases and things seem to be incurable, that's just Satan telling you that. It's no more for him to heal you than it is to heal anybody. You believe with all your heart tonight. Just believe it. Don't make any difference how you... What your mind says about it, just take what God says about it. I know it's the truth. I wouldn't tell you that unless I really knew that it was absolutely the truth. Now, um, we want to thank first, uh, I guess Brother Moore, usually the manager does this, but I, I want to take this opportunity myself to thank each and every one of you for helping make this the best meeting, I believe, that as we've had in Phoenix. More spiritual and settled than any meeting I've had in Phoenix. I want to thank these fine group of ministers, the cooperating ministers that helped us to have this meeting. All the sponsors, many of them couldn't sponsor because they had their own revivals and things going on. We never try to all make such a great big thing that everybody has to close up their churches. Some of the brethren had big tents and so forth. They got to have a, everybody's got to close up or they can't come. Well, I've never carried my meeting just like that. I make it simple and little and just to go and do the best I can. Appreciate all that did come and those who couldn't come, well, I appreciate them just the same. And our expenses that way is low, our budget's not very much to make, and so therefore we don't have to strain the people, just take up our ordinary offering and pay off our debts as soon as the budget's made, that settles it. And I hear that tonight they've given a love offering to me, I certainly appreciate that, wish I didn't have to take it. But I just got a big obligation, you can imagine what it is. And Office going all the time. My obligation is about a hundred dollars a day, regardless of where I'm. That's just in Jeffersonville, regardless of whether I'm in the services or not. You can realize how far I go back in a hole sometimes. And now we send out lots of prayer calls like these here, and we send them all over the world. Sometimes as many as a thousand one day. We've sent out, and all of you are welcome. Uh, anytime I can be of a help to you, uh, write me and let me know. I uh, don't say that. See, many times they say, write me, just to get your address. But I don't have any radio programs to sponsor. I don't have anything. Just you, nothing, uh, just so I can help you. Just to send you a prayer call or something other, I'd be glad to do it. Have prayer for you. I'll be happy to do so. And now... I want to thank each and every one of you for your cooperation. All you people have been coming, all that you have given, and the love offering tonight. Every penny that doesn't 
have to go exactly for a little, what living we have, we live poor, just like the rest of the people. People can't understand that while I've been on the field longer than all the rest of them, and yet don't have anything. It's because that I spend what little I do have in foreign missions, friends. Everything. God is my solemn judge to that. See, that everything I get, I, if in the line of finance, if we try to live common like people, and then what little we have left over, I build it up, build it up to get enough to get us overseas. We go over and preach the gospel and to those who've never heard it before. And when thousands times thousands and thousands of Christ, when our money runs out, we come back, come to America and go through and visit our friends. They help us out a little and as soon as we get enough build up, away we go again. Now, I know it. I've got plenty of friends. I've got friends sitting right in this building tonight. They just say, here, Brother Bram, I'll write you a check to go overseas. But that wouldn't be fair to the rest of the people. See, every one of us wants a little bit in that. That's right. Every fellow is dying. Fifteen cents, quarter, whatever it is, that's part in the kingdom. And that way, then I know it's the Lord sending me over there. I suppose for see again, I'll probably have another overseas tour. One's coming up now for all Africa, Tanzania, Rhodesia, up through into India again. And so we trust that you'll be praying for us as we go along. I met one friend today, told me not to mention their name from the platform, but at their presence they know how we appreciate them, every one of them. I love them with all my heart. And then some people have been, they know what I like to hunt so well, so I have been very well fed with wild animals. <laughs> they brought me, two or three people brought deer to the place I was staying, brought elk. And even buffalo and javelina hogs, so I, I just had a great time. That's my first time for some of that. It was really good. The Lord bless you. You just know how I love that. And I thank you so kindly. And the first time I'd ever tasted any javelina hog or, or buffalo, and it was really good. And I appreciate it very much. And the elk and deer was wonderful. And I just love that kind of stuff. I don't know what makes me do it, but I, I like it anyhow. I like the woods and the outdoors, so I like what goes with it. So I appreciate you very, very much. And now, to all of you who rallied around, wonderful faith been wonderful. The meeting's been a little hard on me, friends. This has been the first time in my meetings that I've ever tried to make my own altar call preach, make my altar call, bring the people to Christ, and then pray for the sick. It's been pretty hard. For the last few days, I've been almost knocked out. Because this is just not the only meeting I go to. I just start right straight in California. We're packed right now, most of our stuff, ready to leave for California. And we'll be over there and then come right back, Macon, Georgia, right from there up into Colorado, and just on and on. And it certainly gets kind of tiresome. Now, one time, the greatest thrills that I've been having in my meetings, especially recently, I always turn the altar call over to the manager someone. But I, what a thrill it gives me to see people raising up and accepting the Lord Jesus as personal Savior. 
And I am so happy for that. And I want to make, I want the ministers to understand this, uh, my sponsors and those who are near. I would like to come back to Phoenix sometime, if God willing, just to have a meeting of just preaching the gospel and bringing the people to the altar and laying hands upon them to receive the Holy Spirit with this discernment, the visions is what knocks me out, so. How would you like for us to come back and have a meeting like that? Would you like it? Well, God bless you. Thank you very much. Maybe pray for the sick, but not under the discernment, so I can stay a long time instead of just staying a few nights and having to leave while we stay longer. Thank you kindly. As I'm making my tour across the nation now before going overseas, I'm asking that. And in Los Angeles, on the Christian businessman, the first five nights of the meeting is just preaching and laying hands on the sick and praying for him as he comes through the line. We catch every one then. And now, that is not exactly the way I use my ministry, but it's uh, the way the people are taught and they believe for that, so I'd like to do it that way a while. You just can't mix it up because when visions first start, then you have no control of it, it just keeps going. And now, I wish tonight I could explain and tell you how that happens, but I can't. It's just as much mystery to me as it is to you. Now, I think that that covers everything except the custodians and the ushers and so forth. We thank this uh, Shriner Brotherhood for letting us have this auditorium. I hope that the custodians and managers and so forth are present. If not, may you tell them the deepest of appreciation. This is the second time they've let us have it, and we appreciate that. The Lord bless them all. The ushers has been so kind to help us get the prayer line ready. And especially the little ushers been coming with Billy, helping me in out here. Little <laughs> wonderful little chap. I got to shake his hand a few moments ago. And when they're bringing me in, they don't talk, as anyone knows that. So we get to the platform after coming out from prayer. And we sure thank the brother. And the rest of them, to Brother Ballard and all this fine bunch of brothers are sitting back here. Brother Fuller and also many, I know their face, but sometimes can't call their name. I think they're a wonderful man. And I believe one of them, I believe Brother Fuller starting revival right after this, isn't it? Tomorrow night. We sure uh, make that announcement that Brother Fuller here of the, is it Fuller Tabernacle? Faith Temple. Have you already announced it here? I guess anyhow. And we're just glad to announce any revival, any time, and where they're going to have. Hurry, quickly. Everybody can these revivals that's announced now and go right on and serve the Lord. Don't let your house life die down. Just keep them moving in these revivals. Oh, it's so wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus lives today, isn't it? Lives and reigns within our hearts. And now, tonight, I don't want to take very much time. I want to speak just a little while on the Word and then uh, go right into the line of praying for the sick. I had it kind of announced out that maybe I'd just make a sway call and then I kind of feel like maybe I'll leave it to the Lord and see what He's going to do about it that down to the end of the, the road when we get to that time. 
Sometimes he just lets us go right to the last moment and tell us what to do. So we love him for that, don't we? Now, the Lord bless you. And pray for me. How many will promise me that you'll pray for me? I, I just, God bless you, oh my. Children, I just, just think of going in and shaking hands with the people and how I just like to come down through this aisle tonight. I, uh, really the truth, I'd like to go home with every one of you. Stay all night. Set up and talk a while. Get up in the morning and talk. I'd love to do that. My heart just longs to meet people like that. But I almost have to be an isolationist on account of the type of ministry that I got. Because I just can't do that and have the meaning. But God knows that I love you. So I'm making an appointment with every one of you. This, when I see you in the glory land, if God permits me to be there with you, I just want to go over and sit down for a thousand years with each one of you and talk. And we're just, we want to have no less time to talk than when we first began. We'll talk it all over that morning. Won't that be wonderful? Sit down on the tree of life. And you know, we'll be entertained by the, all the great singers. There'll be Spanky and Beverly Shea and all of them over on the hill over there just to sing in the praises of God. We'll be sitting down with the tree of life where the waters are coming out from under the throne. Won't that be marvelous? Not as long for the day. What does it matter to a Christian that's really anchored in Christ? For just as soon as this old earthly tabernacle is taken away, we move right into another one. Amen. Right there. My, isn't that marvelous? Think sick and weary and broke down and heartbroken, everything going wrong in the world, all in a turmoil. You think, well, come Lord Jesus. The first thing you know, this old shaky body begin to wither away and you feel the pains of moving through it. The chilly death moving up the sleeve. Then look steady down there. Here's a brand new body. Steady right there. Just move out of this and right into that one. For when this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting just to move into. A new one not made with hands, but God has made it fashioned eternally. The glory of God to move right into, to become new and young again, to never be sick. Oh my, what can... Why, death hasn't got any any hold on a Christian, has it? Death is just something to bring a Christian right on into the presence of his maker. He's wonderful what you can think of it in that way. Isn't that right? How that death can't hold a Christian, just sweeps him right. Now, what kind of a body that'll be before we return to pick up this body? I don't know. It's not revealed to man yet, but we know that we're not going to be spirit if we leave here. The spirit's going to leave this tabernacle to move into one that God has made. Not just the spirit, it's the body. Amen. It's got more passion, everything. Oh, that'll be wonderful, won't it? Now, to read just a little out of the Word, because his words isn't going to fail. My words will, and any other man's word will, but his word isn't going to fail. So over in St. Luke, I've uh, been preaching so much about the Old Testament, I thought tonight I'd turn around a little bit and get some out of the, the new. Just being a typologist, I have to kind of go back and get a line of the old and know what the new looks like. 
So I believe if I have the shadow of the thing, uh, notice about what it is when it gets here, if we see the shadow of it. Now, in the New Testament, St. Luke, the, the 24th chapter, and beginning with the 30th verse, just for a way of text, we read this through these verses. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, that he took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us by the way? And while he opened unto us the scriptures. Now let's ask him, the resurrected Lord Jesus, if he won't open to us the scriptures now while we sit and wait on him. Shall we bow our heads while we pray? Our beloved Savior, we have come to thee tonight with open hearts, if we know them. We come to thee with this blessed assurance that's been placed in our innermost being that thou art the Son of the living God, that you died for our sins and separating us then from sin and is raised from the dead and now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high and has sent back the Holy Spirit. And we thank thee for the witness of the Holy Spirit confirming the words with signs following. We thank thee for this great marvelous meeting that only by thy grace have we been able to, to fellowship in. How we fellowshiped around the Word and around the Spirit of God. All of us belonging to different organizations as to say, but all together and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus has opened our hearts to the Word. And let the Holy Spirit come in, feed us. Hundreds has received thee as their Savior. We're so thankful for it. And the sick, the crippled, those who've been sitting in wheelchairs, paralyzed, laying on cots, stretchers, have been made whole and walked out. Blind, deaf, dumb, all kinds of diseases has been healed. And thou, O God, has come into the midst of the people, and their faith has drawn out supernatural words, explaining to them their life of what they have done and what they must do and what will be. God, we're so thankful to know that Jesus lives today. And we pray now that he'll come and take the service into his own care. Sanctify ever person that's in here to hearing of the word tonight. Forgive us of all our shortcomings. Help me tonight, Father. Speak the word and pray for the sick. And when the service is over, may we say like those from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us because of his presence, for we ask it in his name. Amen. <clears throat> Our subject tonight is the resurrected Lord Jesus. It's kind of a basic theme for our campaign. 
The theme of our campaigns is based upon Hebrews 13:8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That He is the same in principle, the same in love, the same in power, the same all just exactly the same. He's the same in His church. Now He isn't here in a body form. He's here in a spirit form. And His body was taken up. We believe that God made a covenant with the human race at Calvary. And it was made under the rights of the oriental way of making a covenant. Under the oriental way of making a covenant, they killed a beast, split it open, wrote a covenant, tore it apart over the dead beast, one man taking one part and one the other. When they come together, those pieces must dovetail together or the covenant will not have to be kept. So they took a hope that let their body be as that dead beast if they fail to keep the covenant. That's what God did at Calvary. He taken the body and where he dwelt, Christ Jesus, it was ripped and tore apart. The body was taken up to the right hand of the majesty on high, and the Holy Spirit was given down here on earth. And now the same Spirit that was in that body dwells in the Christian body tonight. And in the resurrection, that same body will have to coincide and come together. The same Spirit that was in Christ Jesus has to be in you or you will not be resurrected. Can you see it? Look how God, in the beginning, way cover all space and time, and out of God went the Logos that went out of God, which was a part of God. God seeing what the end would be from the beginning, and the Logos comes to the earth, which was Christ, the Word, spoken Word of God, part of God, and was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then we come out of Christ, which makes the same life that was in God, in Christ, in you. And just as sure as God raised this up, we've got to come with the same thing if the same Spirit's in us. Because it's the Spirit of God making us sons and daughters of God. Oh, is it marvelous? How do we get it? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why. Accepting it. And then God in return gives us the Holy Spirit crying in our hearts, Have our Father, my God, my God, and then we are resurrected in the last days to be caught up. He said, That day you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, I in you and you in me. There is the Spirit. Coming out of God, manifested as the Lord God, come down and make flesh dwell among us, died, taken on penalty of sin, raised up again, setting up the majesty on high, the right hand of God, and the Holy Spirit coming back, bringing in the same Spirit in the individuals now to bring them back into relationship with their Creator. Isn't that marvelous? Then all the atomic bombs and all the... Do you see the paper today? Looks like war is fixing to boom again. They're turning their guns. What difference does that make to a real believer? How many guns they turn? Amen. God's got the reins in His hands. Amen. And whenever it gets time for us to, to get away from here, whether it's by our way that we go, 
There's nothing, not death, nothing else can separate us from God. We have everlasting life. Can't come into condemnation because Christ said so. We've already passed from death to life. Now, in Jerusalem, the beginning of our text tonight, it had been a very marvelous three and a half years that had a revival. The great anticipations waited up on the people on a man that the world and the church rejected, the Lord Jesus. He was considered a fanatic. And we call today, if we put in the words today, he was a holy roller. He absolutely disagreed with their theology, and yet God vindicated that he was with him. Peter said, he said, you man of Israel, you should have known this. For this Jesus of Nazareth was a man approved of God among you. The signs and wonders which God did by him in the midst of you all, which you also are witnesses. You ought to have known it. But said, you with wicked hands have crucified the prince of life. Wherefore God raised him up and we're witnesses. That's it. God proved that that was his beloved son, but the signs and wonders that he did showing that God was with him. I want to ask you something, believers, and especially to my ministering brethren back here. Any time the church in the last 2,000 years has ever had a revival, or any time in the world that the church ever had a revival, there were signs and wonders accompanying the revival. Yes, sir. Signs of the supernatural God living in the people. That gives the people a view. What hope do we have unless we know that there is something supernatural? Every man is trying to look past the curtain of time. You know, you come from somewhere, you're going somewhere, so it takes a little peek past the curtain of time. Moses wanted to see it. God let him see it. So we can see it also. Christ, the resurrected one. Now, the church had come out. Are there affiliations with, with the great Orthodox Jewish church at that time, the Sanhedrin? And it had brought themselves out and had followed the Lord Jesus. No matter how black the people pinned his name as a illegitimate child, they recognized that God was in him. He said, my sheep know my voice. See, they were spiritual inside, and when they seen him, they recognized that he was different from them, priests and teachers and so forth, so they followed him wherever he went. They loved him. They couldn't understand him. He was a mystery even to the apostles. No one could understand him because there was two people talking all the time. The person, Jesus Christ, was talking and God was talking in him also. Sometimes it was Christ himself, sometimes it was the Father that dwelt in him. You see, and he, they couldn't understand him. Some things he would say, they talked in riddles to them. Jesus finally said, when he was talking to him one day, how I, I came from God, I come into the world, and I go back again to God. And so the disciples said, Now you speak plainly. 
Now we understand and we believe that, that you know all things, and by this we believe that you are the Son of God. We believe on you now, because you know all things. God shows you all things, and you need no man to have to tell you, because God just shows it to you. And that's the reason we believe that you come out from God. See, at the, right before his crucifixion, St. John, about, I believe, the 15th or 17th chapter, I don't remember, 15, I think. All right. Notice. Now, they had loved him and they believed him because they seen his works that God was with him and confirming the word that he preached. See, a man can come and say anything. That's just a man's word. But when God comes around and says, that's the truth, confirms it, then you better believe it because God said so. So he spoke of God being in him. He said, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwells in me. He doeth the works. Yes. I do nothing of myself. Just what the Father shows me, that I do. Yes. And they found out that ever what the Father showed him and he told him was just exactly the truth. Amen. He stood in the audiences. He perceived what they were thinking about. He said, why are you reasoning your heart about that? And he found out things like that. They know it comes from God. And he said... That things that he had done, how the Father showed him, and he found out everything that he said was the truth. So that was a sign to the Jew anyhow. If there be one among you, spiritual or prophet, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in visions, speak to him in dreams. And what this prophet says, if it comes to pass, then hear him, for I'm with him. But if it isn't coming to pass, then don't hear him. I haven't spoke to him. Just falsely in flesh. I haven't heard him, or I haven't been with him. But it was a sign that they've seen that God was actually manifesting himself through Christ. And that's exactly what the scripture said. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Yes, now, notice, then along came the disappointing time. As this great, wonderful one who could speak to the dead, and it was raised again. Not all the dead. He just spoke to three of them, as recorded in the Scripture. And the three raised up, because three is a testimony, oh, a witness. Mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. And each time he said, the Father had did it. The Father showed him what to do. Now, and they see a man who could raise the dead and yet die, not only die an ordinary death, take sick and die, but would be stood and made fun of. A man who could perceive their thoughts and tell the people what they were doing, then when come to the test, the trial, had a rag wrapped around his head, and they hit him on the head with a stick and said, You're a prophesier. Tell us who hit you. We'll believe you now. And reached over, pulled beard out of his face and spit in his face. A divine person. How could that be? I imagine his followers said, well, why don't he just do something about it? Well, if he'd have done something about it, you and I have been in an awful fix tonight. He couldn't do nothing about it. Save himself and save others, he had to give himself. So he didn't clown with his gifts and powers. They hit him on the head and said, Now, nah, tell us who, who hit you. Then when he was on the cross, he could save others and still the waves of the sea. And you're the raging fever on him, and him dying, the blood coming out of him. And the Jews said, Now, if you be the Son of God, show us a miracle. Do 
something for us. Come down off the cross and we'll believe you to be the Son of God. We'll believe you if you'll come off the cross. See? That critical spirit. How that God, how He just lets those things happen so. That uh, it fools up wise and prudent and will reveal it to babes such as will learn. You've got to forget all you ever know and let yourself be submissive to the Spirit of God. Then God can go on to teach you. Don't try to go away and get all these big educations and scholarships to know God. You don't know God by scholarship. You know God by faith. You believe Him. And God reveals Himself to you. I like that, don't you? He's made it so simple, so humble. Now, so humble and it's so simple so the wise people can't understand it. It's so simplified that the wise don't get it. They try to make it complicated to the church. They try to make it a great big lot of sanctifying things you have to do and stop this and do this and all this, that, and the other. Why well, not at all? Just believe it and accept it and that settles it. God comes into the heart and He takes care of the rest of it. If you can ever gain the, the in your heart, gain a place in your heart, then the rest of it will take care of itself. I love that. Notice that how could a divine man who they thought would be the king that was coming, the deliverer of Israel, and that man to humiliate himself, to let the unclean Gentiles hit him on the head and not say a word to him. Why didn't he show his power? God has times and ways of doing things. They pulled his beard out, spit in his face, what up? Insult. Do something about it. You're the king. He said, I could ask my father and he'd send me twelve legions of angels, but my kingdom's not out of this world. Amen. Said you don't understand it. Oh, I said away with such a heretic. And they got him up there and crucified him and he died. And they buried him and put him away and sealed him in a tomb. Now you talk about a disappointed people that have to go out and face the world again. After they come out of their churches believing in that type of religion, and they come out of their churches, they had to go back and face their churches again after the very thing they believed on seemingly had failed. Then they seemingly all hopes is gone. The very one that they thought was the divine prophet or the, the Messiah. He had been so bitterly abused before the people and so powerless and helpless. When he was out amongst the people, he'd done all kinds of signs, but when he was standing there on trial, he never even tried to defend himself. Just let him beat him around, put him against the lashing post, take those great cat and iron tails, great big balls of lead on the end of leather, and split his back down with him when they give him the lashes across his back. Never opened his mouth. Tuck him up the hill, nailed him to a cross, pulled him up and shaved down the fresh tearing from his hands, and he even screamed for mercy. That's right. Now, in the people's minds, how could that be the Son of God? And to let the people treat him and make him 
testimony. See, not knowing the scriptures is the reason they did they, that was. Now, we'll see in a few minutes. All right, they buried him so well. The Sabbath is over. The first day of the week come home, so they stayed up for the Sabbath. Peter got his fish net and is going back out to go at his commercial trade again, fishing. Well, I guess I was wrong after all. Maybe that fellow was a fanatic. I can see Clothius and his friends saying, well, let's go on back to Emmaus. It's all over. The man we have so much confidence in to be a real, true, divine man sent from God, a real divine person, yet it must have really been. Maybe the big church is right. That was mental telepathy. He was reading their minds. Human being. Maybe really he was a spiritualist. Maybe he was just a spiritualist. And that's the reason the earth shook and things when he died up there. Maybe he was just what the priest said he was. A Beelzebub. All the church. Maybe that was right. So he picked up his friends and said, let's go on the road back now, back over to Amos, the home, and we'll start our carpenter trade or whatever it was, start back to building or whatever it's going to do. All discarded, going along the road sad, not knowing that the blessed Lord Jesus had resurrected on an Easter morning and was alive among the people. Brother, Bobby don't only mean flowers and things, it means resurrection too in that case. Amen. Just at the springtime, when the Easter flowers are blooming, everything's so pretty, a very type of nature, resurrection has to come in the spring. That's the reason the resurrection is in springtime. Resurrection of everything. And surely the king of nature resurrected, the creator of nature resurrected with the rest of the resurrection of nature. And here they are on the road going over to their place, walking along the road. I just, I like to listen in on them. Wouldn't you just a minute? Stand around and see what they were saying. I hear what I'm saying. Well, Corpus, what do you think about it? I'm disappointed. Well, I guess we just have to face the preacher again. Tell him I guess we were wrong in this fellow. My hate to do that. My confidence is really built up in. And notice, while they spake about him, talked about him, he appeared. That's a good way to get him around you. Talk about him all the time. Amen. Keep your conversation. Not on who's the or the next play comes up on the television or the next movie's going to come or who's going to be elected president. Talk about Jesus. Christians talk about everything but Christ in these days. Go out, you always got a bunch of nonsense and everything they want to talk about or something, but never talking about Christ. Talk about Him. Sing about Him. Love Him. Keep Him on your heart and mind all the day and night. David said about the, he'd bind the laws up on his fingers and the bedpost and it. So he'd be before Him all the time. That's the way keep Him before you in memory. Talk, praise, speech, all that you do, keep Christ before you. That's the way to keep Him near you. While they were talking about Him, He appeared on the scene. Unknown to them, many of the 
people that really loved him didn't know that he had raised from the dead. And that's the, if that isn't a true sense of the word tonight, I don't know what it is. Many of the people that really love the Lord Jesus can't understand that he's here. He's in this building right now. He's moving in and out of the people. The resurrected Lord Jesus. It's so hard for people to see that. Look, you sitting on here in these chairs and cots and things, if you could see that and believe it with all your heart and accept His Word, you'd go out of here tonight a perfect well person. Yes, for He has risen from the dead. Notice, walking with them, they loved Him and He didn't know it. They didn't know that He was. Many times He's been right along with you. There, maybe when you're just about to have an accident, something happened, you don't know why it happened. Something took place that was him. When the doctor came over and said, the baby, I don't see how it can live. And after all, the baby got well. That was Jesus. He's with you. Oh, how wonderful. Here long ago, a little woman that was I remember she went to live down below my church. She does now in Jeffersonville. She is a sanitarium at Waverly Hills, and they brought her down. And they said the doctor said she had to die right away. Just go give her, I believe, ten days, two weeks to live. A two burglar case. Now I went down there to see her. They called me down about been about eight years ago or ten, just before I come to Phoenix the first time. And I went down there and was praying for the woman. She had about five little children. And I was praying with her that night. And while I prayed and got up, I seen her even with tinted gray hair. Her hair was dark brown. And I seen her with tinted gray hair. Her children walking in, shaking hands with her. Years later. And I said, Sister, thus saith the Lord. You're going to live. She started weeping. She said, Reverend Branham, something's happened in my heart. She said, I, I just feel that I'm going to live. Something dissatisfies me. I'm going to get well. I said, You are. For it's not saith the Lord. I went back up, told him at the church, there's a man who lived next door to me, very fine friend. And he uh, had a hobby of making leather things. By the way, he made me this pocketbook. I've had carried that for ten years. And he made it out of a deer skin that I got myself. Got a picture of a tabernacle on it on the inside. It's got a fish here and a deer head here. So he made me that little pocketbook. I've carried in memorial of that for so long. A perfect total infidel. A scientist. Worked at the government depot. He didn't believe there was such a thing as God said anybody believed such as crazy. He said, to her, I, I can understand easily how people can get that in their mind. This morning, Senator, a businessman's office here in this city with some ministers, how they talk about how Mohammedism in Africa is sweeping. Look, 25 Mohammeds to one Christian. That's the pressure. Why? Mohammedism is hooked together, one unity. 
They believe that the Koran is inspired. We Christians, the first thing, we're separated between Catholic and Protestant. The Catholic says the Bible is inspired, but the Catholic Church is over the Bible. The Protestant says, well, it's inspired as much as I believe. The rest of it's not inspired. Fussing, fighting, arguing, separating. Oh, it's a pitiful thing. I'm sure glad God got a hold of me before the church did. That's right. Yes, sir. God called me first because I'd probably been an unbeliever. I see what people call themselves Christians and, and a church and so forth, and each one wants to pull little necks and everything from one to the other, separating unseemly not having the faith. Sure. Now, this man was a perfect infidel. And somebody got the news out the next day, and I said that about the woman. I had one out having services yet. I was patrolling out on highlands, and my clothes ragged. I got on my old bicycle and went over to get some groceries down at the store, and I turned the corner where that uh, woman lived, just two blocks below where I was, and here comes the infidel walking down the street. And uh, he spoke to me. I said, Good morning, sir. And he said, Hello, preacher. I said, Just a minute, I'll talk to you. He said, Aren't you ashamed of yourself? And I said, Why? He said, Telling that poor little dying mother in there, that she is going to live, building that people up under a false hope like that. I said, well, I never build them up under no false hope. He said, well, she's dying. So her husband works with me out there at the government. And said, he told me that you'd come over there last night, or night before last night, and prayed for her, and and you told her that she was going to be well, and live to be an old woman. I said, that's right. I never did that. God did that. He said, nonsense. He said, shame on you. You ought to be gentle enough not to build people up under such things false as that. I said, that's not false. He said, away with such. Turned around and walked on. I thought, well, okay. I went on, got my groceries. I come back. About two or three days after that, he had a lovely little wife was a believer. And so... I, my wife knew her real well, said she was a lovely lady, and she belonged to the Christian church. So my wife told me when I come in, said, well, that Mrs. Andrews is very ill. Billy said, you ought to go over and see her. I said, all right. I said, her husband's that infidel. I said, I, I have to walk easy. So I said, I'll go over and ask him by getting some chilling and cold for him, and maybe he'll... Ask, maybe she'll ask me if I want me to pray for her. And so I went over and I said, How do you do, Mr. Andrews? He said, Hello, preacher. And I said, um, I hear you got a sick wife. I said, Yes, I have, but I got a good doctor with her. I said, Yes, sir. I just wanted to ask you, Mr. Andrews, being that we're neighbors here so close, if I could help you get in some coal or run an errand to the grocery or anything, I'd, I'd do it for you. He said, Oh, well, thank you very much. But said, we got a good doctor with her. Everything will be all right. He told me who the doctor was in the city. And I said, he is a fine man. I said, I like him very much. Yeah, we got the situation. He said, she's got appendicitis. And said, it'll be all right. I said, he's freezing it out. It'll be okay. And I said, thank you, Mr. Andrews. I certainly hope so. If I can be of any help to you, I'll live next door. Just call me. Shut the door on her back. Kind of unconcerned. Well, the next day the doctor come up and said, well, we have to take her to the hospital. She's swelling awful bad. said, we'll have to take her to the hospital and operate. So they took her out to the hospital, and when they took the blood test from her, found out she didn't have appendicitis. So they sent to Lowell for a specialist. 
And they got the specialist over there, the specialist examiner, and when he did, he said she's got between four and six hours to live. There's a blood clot right near the heart. That's what's swelling. He said she's gone. That's all. So my wife told me next morning, said, Miss Andrews going to die, Billy. He said, I just heard it. she's got a blood clot. The nurse, one of the nurse friends called up and said she's, she's fixing to die. I said, she's already unconscious. I said, it's too bad, Meaty. I hate to hear that poor thing. I said, we'll just pray for her. So we prayed. Now, went on, started off to work. There's kind of drizzling rain, not going out through the field. Something kept saying, turn and go back. <laughs> turn and go back. So I thought, well, I turn and go back. So I went back, called up and turned in as inclement weather so I couldn't work. Just for that cause, I knew the Lord wanted something. And so the first thing you know, I sat there and take him old gun apart, was cleaned it out. And the first thing you know, coming around the house, come Mr. Andrews. <laughs> Walking along, his hat pulled out over his ears. Knocked on the door and he said, Miss Branham? Said, is Preacher Branham here? Said, yes, Mr. Andrews, won't you come in? So he come in. I said, hello, Mr. Andrews, get your chair. I kept working on my gun, you know. And he said, um, uh, Preacher? I said, yes, sir. He said, my, my wife's pretty sick. You heard about her? I said, yes, I heard she's going to die, Mr. Andrews. I said, it's too bad. I said, of course, you got a real good doctor out there. And I said, I, I just hope she gets along all right. He said, well, I said, we got a specialist. You understood that? I said, yes, I understood you did, Mr. Andrews. There's a blood clot near the heart. I said, yes. I said, that's right. I said, my, said, she's in awful shape. I said, yes, sir, that sure is too bad. I thought, you sweated out. You made me sweat it, so now you sweat. Well, so I just kept cleaning on my gun. Let him do some sweating. So I just kept cleaning on my gun, looking through it like that. It was clean, but I just wanted him to take a little while. So I kept looking through it like that. He said, preacher, he said, you know what? I said, what, Mr. Andrews? He said, um, I wonder if uh, you could help her a little bit. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know. And I said, uh, you mean pray for her? He said, yes. I said, I thought you didn't believe in such. I said, I thought you told me less than a week ago down there at the corner. You didn't even believe there was a God. He said, well, he said, you know, oh yeah, when the time comes, you'll believe. That's right, you just better get close enough to your own door one time. You'll believe it. And I said, well, all right, Mr. Andrews, what he, he said, uh, would you uh, go out and pray for her? I said, I want to ask you something, Mr. Andrews. I said, how about you kneeling here with me and let's pray for her right here. And he said, uh, well, he said, I, I don't hardly know what to do. I said, you just kneel here, I'll instruct you. And uh, so he got down there. I said, now raise up your hands. And he I said, the first thing from the bottom of your heart, say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So I got him to pray. He got to cry. <laughs> so, oh, my. We had, he said, God wiped his eyes. He said, well, preacher, you, you think now she's going to be helped? I said, he said, would you go out? And I said, yes, I was here. So I said to me to get your coat on. We went out there. And when she did, she didn't know us. Just swollen way up her eyes and her lips turned out. So little nurse, when I come in, she said, come on, Brother Branham. She take me up there. And I knelt down, prayed for her, put my hand over on her, stood there a little while. My wife stood there and she said, see anything? I said, no, honey, I don't. We walked out down around where the babies was and looked in the maternity ward there, you know, where the babies is all laying. She was talking about that. I went back to Miss Andrews again just as I went in the door. I seen it. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, I said, honey, it's going to be over. Don't worry. God has heard. Now I went home. Mr. Andrews come over. 
He said, uh, why don't you think about it, preacher? I said, she's going to live. He started a crying, my... He, I said, she's going to live. I said, don't worry. God's done said by the same vision to all that woman down there. She's going to live, and now she's up. You know, I'm there, the woman. I said, now, Mrs. Reese, and I said, now... She's going to live too. He said, Oh, I'm so glad, preacher. In a few moments, the phone rang, and he went over and said, Come to your wife at once. She's dying. So he come told me. I said, Do you believe what I told you? He said, Oh, preacher, I want to. He said, But they tell me she's dying. I said, I don't make a bit of difference what they say. I said, When God speaks anything, it's got to be just that way. So he said, So the first thing you know, he said, Oh, I can't go see it. I said, See what? I said, you still think she's going to die, don't you? He said, I'm just all nervous. <laughs> I thought, that's good for you right now. You see, to sweat it out good. So just let it go. And the first thing you know, another phone call come. They called him across the street. Here he went over. And he come back. And they said, I've got to go to the hospital right at once. So out the hospital he went. And he said, what do you think about it? And I said, well, don't worry about it. God done said so. That settles it. I said, if that woman don't bake me an apple pie in three days from now and I'll be sitting on that porch and eat it, then I'm a false prophet. That's right. She could really bake a good one, too. So I, I knew it. So I told my doctor, told the nurse that. I said, she bakes me a pie in three days from now. If that isn't so, then I'll, I'll walk out of the ministry. That's right. I said, because it absolutely is the truth. And you know... He come back across the field in a few moments and the mucus running out of his nose and he was a leaping and a jumping like that. He said, Preacher, preacher, guess what happened? So I went there to see her and time I got there said the something had broke loose and all the water had run out of her and she was sitting up in a bed said she was hungry. And I called the nurse and said, they brought her up some bullion. And she said, take that stuff out. I want some wieners and sauerkraut. And she said, She lives today. And God of heaven, who looked down, about a week after, he made me that pocketbook that I've carried ever since in my pocket around the world. That's right. That is the truth. God in heaven knows. She lives tonight. Why? Because Jesus lives. She lives all. That's right. Jesus, when he spoke to them, began to reveal to them. Notice, the very thing they said, he said, why are you sad? Christians shouldn't be sad. They should be happy. Real happy. Joy. He said, why are you so sad? They said, are you just a stranger? And don't know that Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet, that we expected to take the throne of David? Said we all had faith in him. He'd done great signs and wonders before us. And what a great prophet he was. And then they delivered him. The people delivered him up to Pilate. They crucified him. Buried him. And said, this is the third day since that's happened. Said some of our women of our group went up to the grave probably to put some flowers on it or whatever more. And so they said the tomb is empty. And they've seen a vision. It told him he is raised from the dead. And said, well then, of course we believe that was a foolish story. And said then, someone more was with our group. He said it, he's seen something about it. And when he said, he started what? Jesus ever started arguing with them or talking? He said, what he did went straight to the Word. That's it. Brother, the Word of God. That's the basis and foundation for all salvation and healing. Lay in the Word. 
you think about what God has said about it. Amen. Oh, I wish I could have a tap that I could tap that in your heart where it would never leave. Today, I was reading a little place of Scripture, Joel, Amos 8, 11, where it said there would be a famine, not with bread or for bread and water, but for hearing of the Word of God, that people would go from the sea to the sea, from east, from west, to and fro, everywhere, seeking to follow the Word of God and fail to find it. If that don't fit this nation at this time, I don't know where it does. That's right. We don't need bread. We got plenty of it. We got plenty to eat, plenty of clothes to wear, nice homes to live in, and everything. But there's a famine for the hearing of the Word of God. A man don't know what you believe. That's right. You're all confused. One say this, and one say that, and one say this, and one say something else. Base your thoughts on God's says the Lord. God will confirm it. Jesus went right straight to the Word and began to pour the Word in. Said, fools and slow of heart, not to understand, went back in the Old Testament and began to prove how the Christ should suffer and raise the third day. So they got to the little place where they were going, so they went into the restaurant. So he made out like he was going on by. Did you ever have a time? Maybe this poor man in here suffering on this cot. He's made out like he's going to pass by. He won't, see? Invite him in. Maybe this poor man sitting here in a, a crutch, the man sitting in a wheelchair, he might act like he's going to pass by you tonight, but he won't. Just invite him to come to you and see what happens. Just invite him in. They said, oh, come in. We just love to hear you teach the Word. We heard all the Pharisees and so forth, but there was something about your teaching was different. Come in. Let's teach us a little more. So they went in. And once inside the door, maybe a humble little hut, no matter how humble it was, but it's never too humble for him to come into. No matter how poor you are, how bad off you are, you're never too bad off for what Jesus will come in at your invitation. No matter how much you've seen, what you've done, just give him an invitation, he'll come right in and make his abode. Isn't that lovely? All right. They invited him in. And once then, the doors closed behind him. He will shut the rest of the world out. Now, if you're just a little superstitious tonight of the presence of the Lord, when the meeting's going on, invite him into your heart and then close the door and the rest of your unbelief on the outside. See if you don't make yourself known to you. Once in there, setting up the table... The waitress probably come and they ordered their supper. And as they put it out on the table, no doubt his heart beating, looking at them, and them looking at him. He, they didn't know it. Why, the Bible said their eyes were closed. They, they didn't understand it. They were standing right with him, walking right with him, talking right with him. They were eating with him and didn't know who he was. And friend, that's as true as it can be today. That's as true as I'm standing on this platform. That the resurrected Jesus Christ is right in this building talking to individuals right now. If you could only recognize that that's His voice, I pray that it'll make Himself manifested after a while and prove to you that He's here in the building. Jesus is not dead. 
He's risen from the dead. And he showed her carrying on the ministry that he had. When we showed her in a physical form, he carried all through human beings as he promised he would. The very things that I do shall you do also. Saving, doing the will of the Father. That's what he came for. And he's here tonight. And when he had those disciples in there, sat at the table, he looked at them, he thought, Well, you've heard me teach the gospel now. You heard me preach today. So I believe I'll just let you know that I'm really him. So he picked up some bread, and he just done it a little different from what other men did it. So they realized that it was him, and their eyes were open. And they recognized, and he vanished from their sight. My, it was a Sabbath day's journey getting over there, but they sure went back light-footed, light-hearted, leaping and jumping and praising the Lord. They knew that he was risen from the dead. Went back, he didn't go back to argue their religion now. They went back with one thing in their heart. Jesus has risen from the dead. That's the thing tonight. Not argue religions, arguing different phases, arguing about different church denominations, arguing about different nations. What the world needs to know tonight, Jesus has risen from the dead. And he lives among men. Amen. Amen. Not argue about pinpoint this and cut this and move this and this and start. Just forget it. And look on to him and when he raised from the dead, he'll manifest himself to you. Amen. Just that simple. You say, well, if an angel was preaching that, God didn't ordain angels to preach the gospel. He ordained man to preach the gospel. He ever said to the angels, I'll be with you and in you. He said to man, I'll be with you and in you. He never said to the angels, the things that I do, you'll do also. He said to man, the things I do, you'll do also. The gospel comes by preaching of the word. God manifests himself to human beings. Amen. The only eyes God's got over here tonight is mine and yours. The only hands he has is our hands. God working in his people. God's in the universe. God's in his word. God's in his son. God's in his people. God is here now. Resurrected from the dead. Night after night proving himself alive among us. Bringing sinners, dead sinners, alienated, cut off from God. Bring them to a recognition of God, saving their souls, filling them with the Holy Spirit, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind. Wake up, people! Don't be carried about with every wind of doctrine, saying the days of miracles is past and these things are for another age. Don't be tossed about, believe the resurrected Lord Jesus. That was their teaching back there when he was raised on that Easter morning. But he was alive. And he shared tonight. He shared, don't never forget that. If you never remember a thing that I've ever said to you, remember me by this, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, raised from the dead and is alive today among men. Hunting out sinners. He lives sick and afflicted. He's the same in every way that he ever was and ever will be. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord Jesus, seeking lost sinners. 
Are you lost? If you are saved, it's wonderful. But if you're lost, God has a preparation to save you by. The worst thing I can think of is somebody lost. Being a, a hunter, I go into the mountains just a minute before closing now. And then we'll start praying for the sick just in a minute. I feel the Holy Spirit would have me to call the people up here and pray for them. Now, I was lost once in the woods. I went near the Canadian border where I'd been. I thought I was just too good a woodsman to ever get lost. And when you trust in yourself, that's when you get lost. That's when you are lost. That's when Adam was lost, when he trusted in himself to make a fig leaf to cover himself over. See, he had to come on the merits of the shed blood. And whenever you think, oh, I go to church, I'm as good as you are, preacher. Certainly you are. But are you as good as God wants you to be? You ain't good in the first place. And I ain't good in the first place. The only goodness is in us is what God did for us through Jesus Christ. That's right. Yes, sir, we're all sinners. But the only way we can be saved is by accepting the Lord Jesus and His free pardon. Now, I was totally lost. I told my wife I'd be back. I told her Billy was just a little baby, a little bitty fellow, about three, four years old, probably five years old, and was way in the head of the Adirondack near the Canadian border. And we drove up about 25, 30 miles up an old log road like that where they'd done some chopping, cutting pulpwood, and we'd come to the ranger's camp. I'd hunted in there for years. I told the wife I was going to bear hunt. I said, I'm going down here to hunt deer, and I'll pick up a deer, come back, I'll be back by noon. She said, I'll be waiting for you. Cold that night, we had to take little Billy and put him between us, keep him from freezing to death. Cold November, and the limbs are freezing, dropping off the trees. Had a little shelter rest, the cabin is locked. The Hurricane Mountain, the tower set up there, and we was going to go way back over to another part of the country to hunt. So he was going to unlock the cabin, and she could go in there and her Billy stay while we taken the trip and went away. So her just a kid, merely herself, about 21, 22 years old. And so that night, that night we liked to froze, so build a little fire and make a little lean-to. And So then the next morning I started out to get a deer because he was supposed to come that day. And so I told her I'd be back at noon. And I went down across the hill, through some shoppings, come back up along the ridge. And I, I see the buck kept crossing. I couldn't get close enough to it to shoot it, so I went up over a hill. I trailed up along the side and went into a great big bear den, and there wasn't nothing in there. I come back, went down towards the giants, what they call the giants, a great massive forest in there for miles after miles, all flat woods-like in there. It's hard. So I got way down on the side, and I seen a deer over a great big fella, and I shot the deer. When I got you over there, I, I said, well, now, looky here, it's after 12 o'clock, so I got to hurry. I went back, started back up this way, and I, come, the storm is coming down, fog. When you get foggy in the woods, any hunter knows that's a dangerous time. You can't already see your hands before you. Well, I started walking. I said, I've got to hurry. I went around. I kept walking, 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 walking. I thought, well, my, where did I turn off at? And the first thing you know, I had to stop, look. I thought, well, I've seen this place somewhere. Looked up, and there hung my deer. Well, I know I walked around somewhere. So I said, now I've got to go one certain way. And I walked again, come back to the place three times. Right straight. Now the Indian calls that the death walk, you know. So that's what you are. You're walking in a circle. And I knew that, but how was it going to get out? 
And now the storm was right down, blowing on the top of the trees, fog is turning. I thought, now there are sensible things to do. I went into somewhere and in a cave somewhere and hibernated up till the storm was over and I climbed up to a high place and see where it was and go on. But I got a wife and baby up there would freeze to death and die that night. They never were in the woods in their life. They didn't know how to take care of themselves and scare them to death anyhow. Well, I know they both died that night. I had to find them. And what a feeling. Oh, my. Baby and wife to die in the woods that night. And when I thought I was too good to ever be lost in the woods. So I, I went around... I thought, I thought, well, now, here, I've got to go one way. I thought, as I come up the mountain, the wind was facing me in the face. I come down this way, so that would throw it this way. I thought, now the storm coming, which way did it come? Now the winds had changed, and now pockets and circuits, it'll blow anyway. Go this way a while, then this way a while. And well, it was cloudy and fog hanging, moss on both sides of the tree down that low place, so... Wasn't nothing in the world I could find for a landmark. Bark down in there, of course the wind don't get down in there like it does in the blizzard on both sides of thick. So there was nothing in the world I could find to get myself out of the woods. So I said, Well, I, I gotta begin to get nervous. And anyone knows what happens, then you take a fever and you either commit suicide or die. So I said, Oh my I said, I've got to get out of here. I've got I said, sit down a minute. I said, slap myself on the side of face. I said, Look here, William Branham. You're not lost. What's the matter with you, boy? You know how to get out of here. I was bluffing myself. I was lost. Sure I was lost. I said, Well, you're too good in the woods to ever get lost. My goodness, what would your grandfather think about you to see you setting your act like this? Well, get up from here. I got up and walked a little bit farther and I was still lost. <laughs> That's all. And I said, well, I got to make, I got to get out of here some way. So I said, I'm going to make one straight beeline right this way. And I said, I'm not going to vary at all. I'm going right straight this way. And I know I'm going to come right out straight to Hurricane Mountain. If I could only see Hurricane Mountain, I'd know where the tower was. And I could get down from there. I don't know where I'm east of it or west of it or where I'm at. So fog is blowing. The timbers are cracking. So I said, here I go right this way. And I started going. Something telling me right beside of my ear said, I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. I just kept moving on. I'm the Lord. I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. I thought, look here. I, I know I'm going out. Now there's something getting wrong with me, see? I said, I'm hearing voices. Uh, they, there's something wrong with me. I said, look here. Straighten yourself up, boy. What's the matter with you? You've got to go on. You're not lost. You know exactly where you're at. Now go on. And I thought, look down here, it's already 4.30 in the afternoon. I thought, oh my, it's supposed to be there at noon. She's having screening spells now. Because she knows that kid in the woods never was in the woods in her life. That little baby up there wouldn't even know how to make a fire. Nothing. So then it'd be scared me out like that. They're scared of wild animals. and wasn't nothing to hurt them, of course, but they was, they was scared. And so I just kept uh, walking on, and I kept hearing something said, I was a very present help in a time of trouble. A very, I'm the Lord. I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. I stopped and I thought, wonder if that could be him speaking. I said, am I man enough to admit I'm lost? Am I man enough to admit that I'm lost? I took off my hat and laid it down and I said, dear God, I'm lost. I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I don't know how to get out of here. I knelt down on my hat and I set my gun beside the tree. I said, Father, I am totally lost. I'm about 
feeling that self-sustaining in myself. I, I deserve to die. But Lord, have mercy on my poor little wife and baby out there. They're going to die too. They're worthy to live and I'm unworthy. But I'm, Lord, I'm lost and will you help me for their sake? I said, I don't know what to do. If that's you speaking, saying you're present, help in a time of trouble, you be my compass now. You take me out. There's none of the natural signs around me. But I'm lost. Will you help me? I raised up, wiped my eyes. I thought, well, God, you direct me here. I go, I don't know which way I'm going, but I'm going to walk. I believe I come this way. I said, I'm going. Now, that's my own opinion. I'm going this way. And I put my hat down, picked up my rifle, started off going this way. Now, just as true as I'm standing on this platform tonight, this Bible, I felt somebody put their hand on my shoulder. And I turned to see who it was. And just as I turned, the fog cleared away back this way. I seen the tower on here, King Mountain, back this way. I turned this way real quick and faced myself, took off my hat, throwed down my rifle, raised up my hands. I said, oh, God. Oh, how I appreciate this. Lord, I was going right into Canada. I'd have been, I'd never come out of it. I said, Lord, that is my own opinion. And sometimes you taking your own opinion, you'll go wrong every time. Pray and ask God what to do. And I looked towards that. I thought, I've got to keep my face set right straight away. Now the fall covered up again. It just cleared back enough so I could see. Uh, the, I know if I could ever get to that tower or across that line, across that side of the mountain, I helped the ranger put up that telephone line to run down to the camp where his wife stayed in the summertime. And I know if I could ever get to that, I'd get all that line, no matter how bad it was storming, I could find my way to my family. And I, and I stood there looking that way. Something come to me and said, Yes, you was lost again worse than this. But just keep your eyes on Calvary. I started like that, walking, walking. Uh, I couldn't bypass. I couldn't go around and throw me off of my, my course. I was about at least five miles from it. And it was getting dark right then. And I went through the bushes and deer jumped up ahead of me. I'd fall and skin my legs all up. Pitch dark, and I was pulling them, trying to get up these cliffs and things, trying to keep my course just the best as I could. And I thought, I'm on top now. It looks like now I couldn't see that line, so I just kept my hands up like this. Put my rifle down over my shoulder and sling, put my hands up and just kept walking. I said, I got my hands up, Lord, let me feel that line when I pass over. Snow hit me in the face and brush, and I kept walking. And the first thing you know, something touched my hand. I felt it. It was that water. Oh, my. You know what a feeling it was? I thought if I follow that water, don't take my hand off of it, follow that water right down that hill about two and a half or three miles, I'd be right with my wife and baby down the bottom of the hill. There it come to me. Yes. Every man alienated from God, cut off in this world, not knowing where he's going, caring about everywhere. But if you look to Calvary, hold up your hands to God and accept Christ as your Savior. Until someone strikes your hand, that's the way home. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, then hold your hand in His unchanging hand. It'll lead you right straight to your lover, the Lord Jesus. You believe it? 
Shall we bow our heads just a moment and pray? Our Heavenly Father, I think of the old song that said, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And I think of that blinding storm that night. My heart jumping, fever raging, and my body scared to death. Knowing that I perished that night, and so would my wife and baby. God, there may be men and women sitting in here tonight that's also in the spiritual realms in that same prediction. Their family will perish if dad doesn't come or mother one quickly. The children will be cared about out here in the world. May they tonight look through this misty fog that hangs over the earth and see Calvary raise their hands to the Lord Jesus and touch the lifeline that leads home. Grant, Lord, our last night in this series of services, but there were wayward, lost man or woman. Maybe they've trusted in the arm of flesh. Maybe they've trusted in some church creed, but never ever touched the line. They never had that blessed assurance in their heart that this is the line that leads to happiness, freedom, and to the Lord Jesus. The line that runs from Calvary to glory. May ever dark, staggering, alienated person in the building tonight reach their hand, Father. Feel around just a moment. They'll touch something. Their anchor of faith in their heart that'll lead them to glory. While we have our heads bowed, everyone pray. If I should return here in the day, many of you here won't be here. Two thousand people guessing here tonight, somebody will slip out. Have you been staggered in darkness? Been coming to the meetings, you look, you see the signs of the Lord Jesus resurrected. You hear the word, he's been talking to you back there. And you're staggering along in darkness. Will you raise your hand to him tonight and say, Lord Jesus, I, I want to touch the lifeline now. I'm raising up my hand. Uh, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Yeah, you. That's right. Everywhere. God bless you, mother. God bless you, young man. God bless you, little boy. Way back in the back. And he's standing around back there would say, raise up your hand. Not to me, to God. God bless you, Spanish brother. God bless you, little lady. God bless you, the white lady sitting there. Up in the balcony to my left. You all look up there at the hands along there. Just feel there just a minute. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God bless you, Spanish lady down here. Balcony to the right. Raise up your hands and say, Yes, I believe him right now. I've wandered around in all kinds of darkness. I really never even knew. I went to church, oh yes. I put my name on the book. But really, to have that hope that I got it in my hand right now, I've never really had that assurance. But now I'm coming firmly upon the basis of the shed blood of Jesus and his resurrection power. And that resurrected spirit is speaking to my heart, and I'm raising my hands right now to say, God, 
Sure raised my hand for the lifeline. Many dozens has raised their hands. Will someone else put up your hand now that did not raise your hand a few moments ago anywhere? God bless you up here, brother. God bless you. God bless you there, sister. God bless you back there, brother. God bless you, sister. I see your hand. Someone else? God bless you, brother. Back there, I see your hand. Someone else? God bless you. You? You here? The little lady with both hands up. Someone else? The man sitting here? God bless you, sir. That's a good way to be healed, to just accept the Lord like that. Someone else? A little boy up here with both hands up. God bless you, honey. Someone else, a lady over here, elderly, with her hand up, yet wasted many years, but I'm coming home now. God bless you, young man. God bless you over years, brother. Someone else, remember, when you raise your hand and mean it from your heart, God obligated to do it right then. God bless the colored sister sitting here, the brother over here with his hand up with a little brown sweater on. God bless you. God bless the lady sitting here. That's right, sister. Jesus said, He that heareth my words, believeth on him that sent me, has everlasting life. Right now, God bless you, brother Becker, both hands up. Right now, I was receiving Jesus. God bless you, sir. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Young man there, just in the... What did Jesus say? You have right now everlasting life. He that heareth my words, I've done my best to bring them to you. Now believe on him that sent me, has everlasting life and shall never come into condemnation. God bless you up there, sister, standing by the side of the post, a little Spanish girl. Has everlasting life, shall never perish, never perish. Mean it from your heart, God bless you, mother, age, woman, someone. Have to help her hold her hand up and you're coming to the Lord Jesus. Say, Brother Brandon, what does that mean? That means you pass from death to life right there. God will take care of the rest of it by giving you the Holy Spirit. Just once you need it in your heart, let Christ come to your heart, then you'll grow in the grace of God. God will just unfold the things. When you first get started right, get down faith. By faith are you saved through grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nothing you can do, quit doing this or quit doing that. If you just believe, God saves you by grace. God bless you, sister, with your hand up there. God bless you, little lady back there. You, 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 oh my. That's right. New ones just putting up their hands everywhere except in the Lord Jesus. My, I guess we're around 60 or 70 now. Someone else raise your hand that hasn't raised their hand. Say, remember me, God. God bless you, the little fellow, the little lady there with her handkerchief up. Anywhere else before we go to prayer... God bless, I see the man back there, yes, in the back, the Spanish brother. Back there, holding the hand up of another, yeah, I see you, God bless you, God sees you. God bless the little girl there with her hand up, just a child, but coming to the Lord. All right. God bless you over here, sister. Oh, that's wonderful. Just waiting a few moments, giving the Holy Spirit a time just to speak to the heart. Maybe he's moving over the audience, knocking at every door. Who was that told you to put up your hands? Who was that said that? Jesus said, No man can come to me except my Father draws me. And all that comes to me, after my Father's knocked at their heart, all that comes raises up their hands to the lifeline. I'll give them everlasting life. I'll raise them up at the last day. Someday when 
the line is gurgling out of your throat, maybe in an automobile accident, maybe by fever, sickness, or just death coming to you, when you feel the chilly pains coming up your sleeves, your friends are weeping, you'll see that blessed Redeemer standing there with his outstretched arms to take your soul, to place it into a new body, a new man, a young man or a young woman, never to get old no more, to live in his presence forever. Because what you did, just believed and raised up your hand. God bless you, the sweetest little curly-headed, blonde-headed girl sitting here with her little hand up, her little eyes watering, looking this way. You say, God's not speaking to that child. Sure he is. She hasn't calloused her heart with the things of the world yet. She's innocent, just a baby. About six, seven years old. God bless you, sister there, the young lady. Now to just another before we close. God bless, there's a whole row of them look like coming up back there. I just hate to close and you're still raising your hands for salvation. How many in here now would like to receive the Holy Spirit? Would you raise your hands all over the building, everywhere? My, just look at the hands everywhere. God be merciful. Shall we pray now? Everyone with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Jesus raised from the dead. Oh my, think that this is the night we're parting now. But you've accepted Christ. We'll meet again where we'll never part. Just because that you accepted him tonight, that means the difference. Heavenly Father, the great Phoenix meeting is now drawing to a close. And at the end, many, many sinners raise their hands to thee upon the teaching of the word. That you said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life, shall not perish or come into condemnation, be condemned, no more condemned before God, but has accepted Jesus Christ and his suffering in their stead. Now, Father, sweetly, humbly, lead them on as they hold their hands against the lifeline, walk towards glory. Won't you bless them now? Save every one of them, Father. In thy kingdom, may I see them and shake their hands and it be possible. May you be able to review tonight's service for us. They say, yes, that was the one. There's where it's me. Put up my hand. God said, yeah, I saw you. I talked at your heart. You raised your hand. I accepted you. And now you're my beloved child. Come to the joys of life. Been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. Enter into the joy. We thank thee, Father. Those who have already come and wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit, set aside for service, grant it to them also, Lord. Finally, at the end of the road, when life's all finished, the great wedding supper set, there at that table, thousands of miles long, the blood washed of all ages sitting around there, 
the king come out, wipe the tears from their eyes, say there's no more suffering now, there's no reason to cry now, we're all here. Come, you blessed of my Father. Until that time, Father, keep them happy in their souls, cleanse them from all uncleanliness and unrighteousness. May they walk each day with their sails set towards glory, bringing others to Thee. For we ask that in Jesus' name, Thy beloved Son, who has now called them to everlasting life. Amen. straight to God and say, I believe it with all my heart and soul of it. And watch and see what the Holy Spirit will do. Now, all ready? Now, for the glory of God and for the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I take every spirit in the building under my control. Now be reverent. Don't move around. Sit still. Please. Now this closing night, do me that favor in Jesus' name, will you? Just be real reverent. Sit still. They'll watch me. They won't let me too long in the line. And then, because I'm very weak and tired. And I love you all with warmest of Christian love. God bless you. If the anointing strikes me, of course, I don't know when they take me or what happens. And I hope to see you again right away. Until then, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. All right, lady. Now, if you'll come here just a moment, sister. Now, we are supposedly, I suppose we're strangers to one another. We are. You've seen me. But I mean to n- not to know you. I, I, if I do, I don't recognize it. I don't recognize you. And we just see one another just like you'd be in the audience, look back and see me. But to know who you are, where you are, what's happened, that's, that's impossible, isn't it? Only that it would be revealed by spiritual revelation or a vision or some way of knowing. I have no more idea of what you're here for than I know what, well, anybody else is here for. I don't. But he knows what you're here for. And he can tell me what you're here for. Show me what you're here for. I could tell you, if it's for healing of your body, then, well, God would, uh, could do that by your faith believing. I see you're a personal worker. So, but if he, if he will let me know what you're here for, now I'm talking to you just like man to a woman, just like Jesus to the woman at Samaria. Now to the audience, here's a woman that I don't know. You may know her. Are you from Phoenix here? Are you, you're from Phoenix? People out there know her, don't you? Well, I don't know her. I've never seen her in my life. But you know whether this is truth or not. And you know whether I know anything about her or not. I have no way. I don't know the woman, let alone know anything about her. Now the only way that would be done if it were done in the scriptural terms. Now, take away from the old, some kind of a creed you've learned, and let's look at the Bible. Jesus said, the things that I do shall you also. Now, when he met a woman like this, he began to talk to her. 
And the first thing you know, you found just exactly where her trouble was. And in that case, she was a woman that had five husbands. Said, go, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any. Said, you got five. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. Said, I know when Messiah cometh, that'll be his time. See, the sign of the Messiah to do that. The people today says it's mental telepathy. It's the devil. No wonder we're in the condition we're in. It's the resurrected Lord Jesus, the Son of the Messiah. But she said, who are you? He said, I'm me. She ran into this city and said, come see. Start a revival in that city. Just because of one woman's testimony, him telling him, telling her one thing. If this ain't perfectly the case outside of knowing what's wrong with her tonight. Is that right? Everybody recognize that? Now, she's a Phoenix woman, she said. And you all know her. Many of you raise your hands, you know her. Now the Lord can tell me what's wrong with her. But if she's, if she's here for domestic trouble, financial trouble, or healing, sick, or whatever it is, or for her soul, whatever it might be, God can reveal it. And she'll know whether that's true or not. Then, if he knows what was, surely he knows what will be. Now, everyone be reverent. Now, as I talk to the woman, just to catch her spirit. Now, I'm kind of waiting for you to quieten, if you will. Don't move around. There's all kind of spirit in here tonight. See, moving sickness, I mean. And I see, especially children. Children, it gets to children so easy. So don't, uh, don't, just as I said, that epilepsy begin to pull. And that's right. That's the thing that as soon as you, you, you I tell you, to know spiritual things, friends. See, just how words will change spiritual attitudes and everything. See? Just as he heard me say that, an epilepsy began to move in. Now, now, I just want to talk to you just a minute. Just in order to see your human spirit. Now, if God will, you be, you are a Christian believer. And if God will remove or move in and tell me what you're here for, then you will believe. No believing it comes from God. The first thing, if you have something wrong by eating, it's about a stomach condition. You have a stomach trouble, which is a, a gastric condition in the stomach because it causes stuff to come in your mouth. and think it's a gastric condition in the stomach. Then you've got an arm that's bad. And that's uh, your left arm, and it was crushed by an automobile. That's the truth. You believe now? You believe now? Come to your sister. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless now. Give to her the desire of her heart. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask to. Amen. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. Now, we're total strangers to each other, too. Now, here's the perfect picture of the Lord Jesus at the well. He was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. A racial condition, just like today, me being a white man, you're a colored woman. But it's 
Jesus let them know right quick the different difference of God. We're all off of one person. We're all our children of God. But whether Jew, Gentile, white, colored, yellow, brown, it doesn't matter. God, by one blood, through His Son, Jesus Christ, has bought us every one. And in that, we become brothers and sisters. Now, me being a stranger to you, you believe that God will do something for you as you uh, You know I don't know you do you later. I, I were strangers. But you're, you're suffering with a, a nervous condition. You're nervous, upset. you got a lot of things in your heart, sorrow. You're all broke up about something. I see it getting dark, coming darker. There seems to be somebody standing back in there, but it's a man. And he's weaving sideways. He's coming home. It's your husband. He's a drunkard. And you're here to have mercy, God. All right. That's true, sister. Come near. Father, I pray that you'll grant her request in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. How do you do, sister? I want you to be reverent everywhere. Please don't move. Now, lady, uh, we're strangers to each other. We don't know each other. Total strangers. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died to save something wrong with your side having the sister sitting here right there in front got trouble in your side a real strange thing happened once that lady a few minutes ago was told something about a loved one because you're praying for a loved one too that's an unsaved father I seen standing and you're praying for him that's true isn't it God bless you young lady Now there are two, both them people sitting on the end right there suffering with epilepsy. That's right. Thou demon, in the name of Jesus Christ, you leave them, come out of it. You believe now, lady, with all your heart? You believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is sure to make you well? I believe you do. You realize that just now you're in the presence of something, don't you, sister? It's His presence. Isn't it a wonderful feeling to stand in this presence? Now, if that's right, so the audience will see. Raise up your hand. That wonderful.
consolation of love, life, or you are, you are suffering with a trouble in your lungs, a lung trouble. Seems like you had something, you have rib moves or something, some kind of a rib trouble that's under your ribs move. Yes. I see them taking or doing something to the rib. And you've got a, a curvature of the spine. And it's got a stomach trouble. Because it's pushed over, they said it got the stomach pushed in the wrong condition. And then you have a hurting in your back. That's the truth. You believe Jesus is here to heal you? Then if that's him speaking to then it's not me. Come, let me have my hand. God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, make our sister well and all she asks for in Jesus' name. Amen. Have faith. Don't doubt. My sister, sitting there with a the liver trouble, sitting right there. You was praying, man. You said, God, let him speak to me, and I'll believe you. Isn't that exactly what you said? Raise your hand if that says right now. Stand up on your feet. The liver trouble's left you, sister. How do you do this, sir? You believe? We are strangers to one another, brother, but Jesus Christ knows both of us. If God will tell me exactly what you're here for, will you accept what you come for through Jesus? You will. There's a shadow of death hangs over you, and that's a cause in your stomach, and that's a cancer in the stomach. You believe now that Jesus Christ is going to make you well? You accept it right now on the basis of your shed blood? Then go eat. In Jesus Christ's name, may the devil leave my breath. Amen. Happy. Don't doubt. Jesus said, if thou canst believe, That's the way, a little fella. Amen. That Indian woman sitting on the end out there had her head down praying just then. She's got a comb in her hair. The image of the Lord that lights hangs over the woman. Uh, she's suffering with uh, hay fever. That's right, Indian lady. Jesus Christ, make you all. Say your friend sitting next to you, that other Indian woman there. She's suffering with a head trouble. Put your hand over on her, too, that she may be made well also. Raise up your hand there, lady, and receive your healing. Through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. There you go. 
dark streak of blackness leaving, moving out, something white covered it. It's over. Have faith. Anticipation. You believe me, lady, as God's servant, with all your heart? I don't know you. Never seen you. But your life, you couldn't hide now. Because of contacted your spirit through Jesus Christ. You're here for a worthy thing. You're a woman that's barren and wants children. You won't be laying my hands on you that you'll receive a child. Heavenly Father, give unto this woman the desire of her heart. I bless her as your servant in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Have faith. Don't doubt. You want to go on an arthritis study right back there? Raise up. Your faith heals you, sister. That's right. Raise up. Shake your hands up in the air. Let the people see that you're healed. Absolutely, you're free from it now. Amen. Your faith makes you whole. Amen. Have faith in God, don't doubt. Come here, lady. You believe? I'm a stranger to you. We do not know each other, I suppose, but Jesus Christ knows both of us. Spirits are begging for help. Uh, just a moment, lady. Us being strangers to each other, not never seeing each other, if I, if a Holy Spirit, brother, through me, would tell just what your trouble is, would you believe it? And you believe it comes from God? Would the audience believe it comes from God? Now, of course, more it talked to you, more it would say, but just so it said. I see something around your arm. It's a high blood pressure you have. And also you have a choking spirit. It's garter in your throat. Choking, inward guard. That's the truth. You're not from this country. You come from way in the east. You come from Grandview, Tennessee. That's right. That shocked you. Your name's Miss Lily Edwards, too. That's right. Now go home and be well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have peace. How do you do? The first thing to say to you, my friend, is your your life with God. You're not you ain't pleasing yourself the way you're walking. You want a little closer walk with the law. That's right. I see you ask him in prayer. Then I see you've got a growth. And the growth is growing. 
and the growth is in the stomach. Isn't that true? You want a closer walk with God? You want to be healed? Then believe that what's talking to you, not your brother, the Lord Jesus Christ to give it to you. Do you do it? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, receive what you ask for. You're near the kingdom, sister. Lady, this symbol, this the patient. We're strangers to each other, I suppose. I don't know you, but God knows you. You're a believer? You're not standing here for yourself. You're standing for a friend. And you've just received some kind of a message from that friend. And they're going to be operated on in the morning for cancer. And that's a near a big lake or something. Near Chicago. Oh, that's right. God, in the name of the Lord Jesus, grant the healing of whatever she asks for. Through Jesus' name. Lord Jesus can heal heart trouble just same as he can heal anything. You believe that? You believe you've got it now? In Jesus' name, go and receive. Amen. Come, lady. You believe with all your heart? I just got to hurry a little. Just, no, just hold me up. Look again this way, just a minute. You believe? You want to go eat your supper? Had stomach troubles, been bothering you all, upset, cramping, hurting, drawing you double, ladies' trouble, go on your road. Jesus Christ, make you well. You believe? You believe God will heal you of this anemia condition? You believe you can go home be made well of this anemic condition? God bless you. Go and receive what you ask for in Jesus' name. All right. Come, lady. See you limping when you come. Means? No, it isn't. You haven't got a broken. It's the arthritis that's bothering you. You believe you're Jesus Christ going to make you well? Go and be made well in Jesus' name. Would you come, lady? You believe? You want to get over that back trouble, kidney trouble, you believe Jesus makes you well? Then go, and Jesus Christ heal you and make you completely well. But your arthritis will see you when you step right down there, sir, tonight. All right. You were sitting out there looking at me tonight, right down there. There's a real cool thing went through your stomach. They all sure left things. How did you? Heart trouble is gone, brother. Go rejoicing and praise God. Believe with all your heart. Eyes and stomach, but Jesus Christ makes you well. Just a minute. Don't fear your kidney trouble. Everything's gone from you. <laughs> Stomach trouble, anything. God can heal it all. Make you well. Heal you perfectly. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray the prayer for my brother. So much, look. 
just everywhere. Look. It's just hitting everywhere. You got heart trouble, lady. Everyone with heart trouble, stand on your feet just a minute. See what I told you? How you go to discern? It's just coming everywhere. Stand here just a minute. Believe with all your heart now. Stand here. Remain standing a minute. Look here, lady. Got TB. Everyone with TB, stand on your feet just a minute. Jump up real quick, TB patients. Be, be faithful. Believe with all your heart. Lungs. Lungs, it keeps moving. That's all right, sir. You stand up anyhow. You haven't got TV, but you have got pneumonia in your lungs. That's right. Standing right there. That's right. You. Stand still. This man laying right here has got pneumonia in his lungs on his stretcher. Stand up, sir. Jesus Christ.